Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. This is episode number 73 for June 2018, and it's our sixth birthday. Our podcast is six this month. Happy birthday, NCBI Technology Podcast. I don't know how they let me sit in this studio for six years, but there you go. Somebody did. More about our sixth birthday in a couple of minutes with Amy Hines Fitzpatrick. But welcome in and thank you for downloading and subscribing to our monthly podcast. Hope you're going to stay with us for the next 58 or so minutes because, as I just mentioned, Amy Hines Fitzpatrick is along to help me celebrate our sixth birthday, announce a competition and a great prize that you could win. Sharon Lyons is along to talk about the game bar and Windows speech recognition. Dave Nason is here to talk about an iOS app called FlickType. And we meet Cormac Todd from Fujitsu with Amy Hines Fitzpatrick from NCBI and Cormac even gives us a song. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Well, I do hope you've had a good month and uh, we're finally, I think, I don't want to speak too soon, but we finally appear to be into the uh, Irish summer. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic weather here over the last week or so, although as I record on the uh, 1st of June, uh, it's terribly humid and you can feel a lot of um rain I think in the air and I'd say a bit of thunder in the air but anyway the weather's been great and uh, let's hope it'll stay relatively fine for the next couple of months hope you're enjoying it whatever you're doing now thank you to everybody we had loads of emails and loads of people spoke to me uh, after our last episode in particular with regard to the tribute that we were paying to Paul Trainer, our chief tech support officer there's been so many people saying lovely things about Paul and uh, thank you to everybody who said so many nice things about all the th- all the stuff we were able to pull together for last month's podcast. If you didn't hear that, it's on the May edition. Uh, first item on is our tribute to Paul. Now, after that, would you believe I found another interview that I did with Paul, I think in early 2015. I'll have to check the date. It might have been March 2015. Um, and it's a really nice interview because it was all about his tech support line. And, and he talked a lot about the things... He can and can't do, I suppose, for people with regard to tech support. So if everyone's okay, I'm going to hold that interview for a month or two, and maybe in August we'll stick it on in its entirety. It's about 20 minutes, but it's a nice piece. So more of Paul Trainer coming up uh, a little bit later on uh, in the year, probably in August. And on the note, on, on a Paul Trainer note, staying on Paul Trainer note for a moment, um, we've had lots of people sort of asking how we can permanently, I suppose, remember Paul's huge legacy and the massive contribution he has made to the visually impaired community, not only in Ireland, but in many other countries as well. Um, And we're really thinking about this in NCBI, but we're also looking for feedback from anybody who has suggestions. I'm open to hearing how you think we can best uh, you know, really mark significantly the legacy of Paul Trainer in NCBI, what we can do to keep Paul's name alive um, for many, many years to come. So please get in touch if you have any ideas. There's been a few thrown into the mix already, and they're all being considered by myself and um, the NCBI management, but we're we're very much wanting to hear from as many people as possible. How do you think we can preserve Paul Trainer's wonderful legacy? Now, speaking of Paul Trainer, 
um, we got a lovely comment on our comment line from a friend of the podcast. Let's go to the comment line and have a listen. How are you doing, Stuart? Uh, good afternoon. This is Martin Lawler speaking. Um, Stuart, I was just uh, listening to um, your podcast and um, I just want to say uh, my condolence to uh, Paul's um, family. Um, he was a wonderful guy and he was very, very helpful to me on numerous occasions when I rang him. Uh, about technology um so he will be missed and um he 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 just knew so much about technology and he was always very helpful so um Stuart keep up the good work and I'll chat to you soon thanks a million martin always lovely to hear from you and yeah you're you're spot on i mean paul was he was a great guy he had so much knowledge i've been talking to lots of people actually over the last 5 or 6 weeks i suppose and um, the same conversations happen with everyone. It's like, how can you ever, you know, replace that knowledge? And the the, the reality is you can't, you know, the, we, we won't have and we're not looking for another Paul trainer because there isn't another Paul trainer. It, it takes years to build up and to accumulate that pool of knowledge, not only to accumulate it, but to keep it fresh and to be able to distribute it to everybody in a way that you know, everybody could understand. So to kind of uh, vary the way in which you disseminate that knowledge, it's it's an incredible skill that Paul had. And um, yeah, certainly we are all missing him very, very much in NCBI. And I know right across the um, the VI community and indeed further afield. So Martin, thanks for getting in touch. And to everybody else too, who, who got in touch with us after the, the May podcast, I was really touched by some of the messages that I received. Um, our comment line, of course, uh, is always available. So ring it up as Martin did on 018821930. Or you can always email technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Well, it's a little windy where we are. You may hear birdsong. I'm not in studio. I'm standing outside NCBI's head office. Actually, the second time we've done this for this very episode. Later on in the podcast, as you heard a moment ago, we're going to be talking to Cormac Todd from Fujitsu. But joining me today, and indeed joining me again later on, is Amy Hines Fitzpatrick, our Corporate Engagement Executive. Amy, welcome back again. Thanks a million, Stuart. Delighted to, to be podcast. back. Yeah, great to have you back. We're launching something in a minute, which is very exciting. Yeah, but before we do that, it's kind of the last time. I will be welcoming you back. Um, really sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's bittersweet. I'm finishing up in NCBI after two and a half incredible years, um, and I'm moving on to another organisation to take over their fundraising. Um, so I'm very sorry to go, but it was a great opportunity, and of course I loved working with you and all the team. Yeah, we definitely enjoyed working with you. I think one of the things I would say about you is that you have this incredible energy, this boundless energy. Nothing was ever an issue, and you really embraced everything. So... Uh, best of luck in the future and thank you for supporting the podcast oh, thanks a million Stuart uh, we might get you in as a special guest sometime anytime in a different <laughs> way ok so six years this month we launched the podcast Amy 2012 oh my goodness um, that's kind of funny because I was thinking a little bit about it here we are in episode 73 in June 2012 and I don't know if I ever told people the story about this I went on holidays to Lanzarote in March of that year and um I was thinking on holidays, God, we should develop a podcast in NCBI because there was lots of other podcasts around with lots of technology internationally, Mm -hmm. Amy, but maybe not so much in Ireland. And I went back and Des Kenny said, why don't we do it for three months and see how it goes? And I think his concern (laughs) was that it, it, 
okay, it could go terribly wrong, which was a, a valid concern. Or you have the same, you have hours and hours of work putting the thing together every month and it might eventually fall on its face. And thankfully, Amy, six years later, here we are. It's one of the best podcasts, I have to say. I've been subscribed since the early days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thanks to Des and so many other people and yourself and, and Chris White and everybody else who supported us for six years and we're going strong and hopefully last another six. <laughs> um, but anyway, to celebrate our sixth birthday, Amy, as her in her position of corporate engagement executive, had has been helping us. And thanks to our friends in Fujitsu, Amy, we have a great prize. We do indeed. It's very exciting and very important to mark the six-year anniversary, Fujitsu have very kindly donated a 50 euro one for all voucher for one of our very lucky podcast listeners. One for all, I didn't, I, I was looking on the One for All website the other night, you can get loads of things on One for All. It's absolutely everywhere, you can use it in most stores, um, I generally use it in Argos, um, because it's just the easiest place to shop when you're vision impaired, okay. but you can go anywhere with it. So One for All gift voucher uh, for uh, worth 50 euros, thanks to our friends at Fujitsu, we'll be doing the, the uh, draw, or rather announcing the winner in July, but we have to, you know, we do want you to do something to in order to win this. Amy and I were thinking of a little challenge. Um, uh, so we've come up with one that we're going to ask you to complete the following phrase. I listen to NCBI's technology podcast because dot, dot, dot. It could be anything. <laughs> All positive, hopefully. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so you can send an email to technologypodcast at NCBI or you can call it in on our comment line on 018821930. Either way, uh, closing date for this is going to be the uh, 22nd of June. So that's a Friday. So you have about three weeks from the time of publication. Get it in. I listen to NCBI's technology podcast because... We will pick a winner in July, and we will be uh, that winner will get um, a one-for-all gift voucher thanks to Fujitsu. Are you excited, Amy? I'm really excited. Okay, brilliant. Now that I'm leaving, I can probably enter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, sure, you probably could, yeah. Uh, okay, so get your entries in by Friday the 22nd of July. I listen to NCBI's technology podcast because, Amy, I know you're joining us later on with Cormac Todd. And by the way, he's a great singer, isn't he? He is wonderful. He's absolutely amazing. And of course, he had a great sidekick in you on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> that bit wasn't so good. But Cormac is singing later on in our podcast. Loads of great things to come. For the moment, Amy, sincere thanks and best of luck for the future. Thanks a million, Stuart. Now you're listening to NCBI's technology podcast for June 2018 and a really nice day to be recording sitting here in NCBI. I'm joined once again by Sharon Lyons for more shortcuts. Sharon, welcome back. Thanks, Stuart. Hello. Uh, hello. Great. You must this type of year because I know outside of the computer world, you're a keen gardener and you love the outdoors. Oh, this must be yes. a lovely time for the garden. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably the only person, though, that gets excited when it rains. Uh, you, <laughs> you, and, you and my parents and a couple of other people because yeah. I know people who I suppose do a lot of work outdoors we used to grow strawberries for years oh, and uh, you know uh, had a fruit farm and be, mm-hmm. be really really looking for rain sometimes yeah. but of course the big t- time big thing for this time of the year is when you're watering plants and watering fruit plants I always remember if you can't do it when it's sun because you actually mm. burn the plants the water will burn them yeah they actually get sunburned like me yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
the coffee, the coffee out so, in the sun too much. Yeah. So be very careful if, if you're watering stuff, I suppose. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, no, it's lovely. I mean, it's lovely to get out in this, in this weather, but um, but yeah, I like a bit of a mixture. Like rain at night is perfect. Rain at night, sun all day. That's what that, that, that's the ideal, isn't it? That's the ideal. <laughs> yeah. A little lash all night. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so listen, uh, more shortcuts this week, this month rather. We're mm-hmm. going to be looking at uh, Windows key with G and Windows key with H. But before yes. we do that, Sharon, you got a, a contact from following last month's podcast from a friend of the show, Dominique Farrell. I did. Mm. Hi, yes. Dominique. Hi, Dominique. Yes. Um, um, Dominique loves the, the podcast and the shortcut of the week. Uh, actually, she's missed a lot of shortcuts of the week on the email recently. So she's back on the mailing list now and um, enjoying it. Um, maybe a little bit too much, actually, because uh, she's, she's very... Um, She's very brave, Dominique. She likes to try things out. And sometimes, really, that's the only way you learn, isn't it? Just go for it and mm. try things out. But she actually tried a lot of the shortcuts out one after the other, and it messed a few settings up on her computer. So, oh, no. um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Dominique. But, uh, yeah, just be careful that you, you kind of maybe just read up what the shortcuts, especially the Windows ones, because it kind of goes into a lot of settings and stuff. Yeah. Check what they do before you try them. And um, sometimes there's one or two anyway that shortcuts where they're toggles. So they may do something. And if you do right. it again, they'll undo it. So you just have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there's a few warnings with the ones that we're doing today as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know. We try to give the little uh, health warnings where yeah. possible. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Dominique, for getting in touch. In fact, yeah. Dominique was on our podcast, I think, about three years ago. Oh, um, fantastic. And she was telling us it was actually really interesting because she was talking about the fact that she had started off very much as a non-visual user. And then I think she got a little bit of vision restored. And when wow. we were talking about how it's kind of changed to some degree her use of voiceover because she's sort of being able to look at the screen as well mm-hmm. um, I, I actually think we should probably get her back on just yeah. to, to see how she's getting on with all that stuff so yeah uh, that's very Dominique if you're yeah. listening give us an email and we'll set that up <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Now, uh, today we're talking about Windows G and Windows H. And Sharon, I, when I was uh, reading your weekly um, email newsletter, when the Windows G came in and you said game bar, I think it opens the game bar, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not interested in this shortcut key. Yep. I closed the email. And then today you showed me, you kind of you got me interested again. I did, Sharon. I'm sorry. In a half. <laughs> in a half. That's not interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have better things to do. Um, but, but That's when, fair enough. Yeah. But when you showed me this one today, I kind of said, hang on, this is, is actually a really useful, uh, there's is a really good use for this for around accessibility and usability which we'll come to in a minute yeah because you can record something with windows and g exactly yeah yeah windows g is the game bar and it is designed to be used with like the xbox app um for gamers who are um, playing games on their computer and maybe they reach a new level they do something really snazzy um, or they're just about to do something really snazzy in the game. So it's a technical term, snazzy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they, do, they can actually switch on recording of the game uh, with audio and visual and everything, and then they can switch off recording. So they can then, and then they can broadcast on their, I don't know, their uh, news groups or whatever they call them, um, user groups. They can mm. broadcast their footage of how they've done the particular part of the game. Um, so yeah, so you would think, oh, game. I'm not a gamer, <laughs> you know. So, uh, what interest is that to me? But it actually allows you to set up any app on the computer as a game. So, for example, I've set up Google Chrome as a game 
on my laptop and um, then I can record what I'm doing in Google Chrome with uh, me speaking over it and obviously with the screen reader talking as well. So I could actually record something happening, maybe something strange happening. I could record it and send it to a, a, a techie support person mm. so they could maybe figure out what was going on. Or I could actually, you know, I could actually make a tutorial about something if I wanted to. It, it struck me that this would be really useful as well for recording maybe, uh, maybe as you said, an issue you're having with an app, but also mm. for things like user testing for websites. Mm. So potentially you have somebody sitting at a computer and they're talking through how they navigate a website and on screen you see the website and you hear their screen readers. So for web developers, this could be a very cost-effective way because I know there are apps that will do this stuff, but yeah. they're very expensive. This could be a cost-effective way of doing it. It also it depends very much on your computer with this. Like one of the limitations is that um, your your computer needs to have a certain um, video card or uh, ha- needs to have a quite a new version of a video card. So it wouldn't work on one of my older computers. Um, and uh, also the the quality of the sound would depend depend very much on the computer you know the mic and any background noise and stuff like that so you'll see when I have a go at this I can hear that slight fan noise on my computer at the moment uh, which might affect it but um but we'll give it a go anyway shall we absolutely okay so I'm running Windows 10 this only works on Windows 10 it was part of the um what was that update the fall, the fall creators thing. update. Yeah, I the think. fall, yeah. fall yeah. creators, the autumn yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, actually, both shortcuts today are, are part of that update. So the game Windows G opens the game bar. So um, I have Windows 10 and I have Narrator. Actually, that's the other thing about this game bar. It's not accessible with other screen readers at the moment, but it's accessible with Narrator. So I have Narrator switched on, and if I do Windows G, um, Game Bar, uncheck Record Mic Checkbox, Tooltip, Tooltip, and he said uh, uh, Game Bar, um, and then I can tab around here. Desktop One, Get Screenshot Record That, Start Recording Button. Okay. Button. Uh, settings Button. And the settings. Now you need to go into the settings here, and the settings aren't too bad. You can tab around and you can check boxes and uncheck boxes, but you will need to go into the settings. So if you um, if you do Windows G and you haven't set up an app as a game, it will ask you like, "Is this a game?" And you you there's a checkbox and you check that, and then every time you would do Windows G on that app, Chrome is this example in, in this example. Every time you do Windows G, then this game bar comes up. And you have access to kind of this this toolbar with a few different things on it. But we love shortcuts, so we're going to press Escape. I've done all my settings for this. Google Chrome. I won't go through all the settings because <laughs> we'll be here forever. But um, I have a few things switched on to uh, record the audio as well as what's happening on the screen. Otherwise, it would just be silent kind of visual stuff happening. Um, and... I can do Windows Alt and G. So it was Windows G for the game bar and then Windows Alt, uh, sorry, Windows Alt R. <laughs> Getting carried away myself there. Uh, Windows Alt R for uh, record 
start recording or stop recording. So let me just check where I am. So I'm in Google Chrome, and if I do Windows Alt R. So we've started recording, so whatever I do or say now is being recorded. And let's see, I'll go to the address bar by doing Alt D. Google Chrome, image, scan off. I don't know what's saying there. J. Uh, I'm going to go to my website, so Sharon's Shortcuts. Sharon's Shortcuts.ie, Google Chrome, scan off. So here I am on um, my website, and then I can tab around to the different links. So tab, tab home, link, home, tab, about, about. Key tips, link, news and events, link. Okay, so I've done about Value 40 H -H seconds of um, recording there, so I'll do... Windows, Windows Alt R. Flick up to move to new notification from Xbox. Game clip recorded. New and I get a notification that um, that game clip has been recorded. So what I do is I go to Windows E from a previous month. Windows E for Windows File Explorer. 3D objects. One of seven. This PC. Music. And I go seven. to videos. Devices so if I can find videos. Videos. Items view. Captures. One of one. And there's a uh, there's a folder already in videos on Windows called captures. So the if captures I go into that. Items view. New tab. Google Chrome 28 underscore zero five underscore. So we have a um, mp4 MP4 file is basically there and if I press enter it should play what I just recorded so it'll open the mp4 Films and started recording so whatever I do or say now is being fantastic mm -hmm. and let's see I'll go to the I'll address see what, if you can hear the screen reader there yep you can mm -hmm. there's the screen reader yeah but do you hear the kind of shh? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to go to my website. So. Yeah. So that's the fan on your computer being being recorded as well. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. But it's pretty good. It's, um, it's kind of a visual and an audible kind of um, recording of doing something on the computer. It's certainly one I didn't know about before. As you said, for recording tutorials, could be very handy. It's something I'm going to play with because um, there are times I want to record something, but I'm not always at the computer that has my recording software. Mm. So this could be a very nice way to be able to do that and still capture um, that audio. So mm. definitely want to try. Yeah. So that's Windows and G. It's not just for gamers. And if you <laughs> have a play with that, if you've successfully or you have ways that you think it could be useful, please send us an email, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. We always love to hear from you. Yeah. Now, uh, Sharon, Windows and H is uh, all about dictation, I believe. It is. Windows H. Now, this is also in that update, uh, the, the autumn one, as I call it. Um, and it's like a kind of uh, speech recognition, just a, a handy way of turning on speech recognition and turning it off again. So if you wanted to just uh, type a line or something, or a search even, you could switch dictation on and then escape out of it again. Now, Windows has always had, um, well, for, for a few, going back to Windows 7, I guess, has had speech recognition, hasn't it? So... Uh, which was very good in Windows 7, and it's obviously got better since. And, of course, we have Cortana as well, uh, the, the voice assistant. But this is, like I say, you can use 
Windows speech recognition, which is like using your computer just by speaking to it. Um, or you can just use this dictation tool every now and again. So we'll see if I can get it to work. The limitations of this, though, is that um, it only works with US English. So you need to switch the language. And in fact, my shortcut of the week this week is Windows and Space, which allows you to switch languages on your computer. Um, the languages that you can switch between depends very much on your settings. So you'd have to go into region and language settings and you'd have to add different languages to it so you could switch to them with Windows Space. So let me just check. Um, Windows, Windows Space, sometimes you've pressed space, space twice. Space, input, fly out, pay, <laughs> desktop one, English, United States, US keyboard. Okay, so I'm already set to English, United States. But be very careful when you do switch to the US English, because um, dictation will only work with, with that language setting. But remember to switch back again at some point, because when you go to type, some things might not work properly on your keyboard, because it's a slightly different keyboard layout with English US compared to English UK or English Ireland. Yeah, most notably the at sign moves. Yes. So you could be typing, thinking you're typing an at sign and it's actually not putting in an at sign. So. And, that, and that will really mess you up with email addresses. Sure, if you, <laughs> sure. If you haven't switched it back. Okay, so it has a bit of a limitation, but um, let's see now. If I go to, I have a document. So I have a blank document open here. Um, and... What do I do? So I do Windows H. Windows H. No. Okay. Windows, Windows H. H. Now it should make a little blip. blip. I'll press escape. escape. Windows. Windows H. Hello. How are you? Okay. Unfortunately, on my screen it's saying something went wrong. Try again in a little <laughs> while. <laughs> Just yes, you know, the type of Microsoft um, <laughs> error that everyone loves. I mean, I think Let's this is again. one of these things that you'll have to play with. It's, yeah, but it yeah. could be really useful. I could see a use for this, Sharon. Mm. You know, you're sitting uh, um, at your computer and maybe you have an email to type, and sometimes it's easier just to dictate the thing. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. flick this on. You know, type it out and let it go. But it is. It is pretty good. Actually, I'll try it again. Shall I like um, uh, Windows? Windows Hello, how are you? It's a lovely sunny day in Ireland. Okay. And then I press escape, escape. when I'm finished. And then... Down arrow. Oop. Enter. Up arrow. End of line. Up arrow. It's a lovely sunny day in Ireland. Okay. Okay. Okay, I only got my second line for some reason. Uh, do you do you visually get some indication you as do. to whether it's picking you up? So I suppose yeah. there are things that narrator isn't getting. I suspect no. there are things that JAWS and NVDA won't get. And actually, I did try this with NVDA as well, and it was reading it back as I was dictating. So it was was quite good. I just um, I switched on narrator um, just because the Windows game bar isn't accessible without yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, so it. it it is it is quite good depending on what screen reader you use. So you kind of that's why I chop chop and change them mm -hmm. all the time. So it's, <laughs> and it's probably important to say that this is dictation as opposed to maybe commands because yes. sometimes people think this is going to open their browser and yeah. it doesn't do that. But no. it will just dictate. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. like using Siri for dictation on the iPhone. Yeah. 
Okay. That's it. So Windows and H does your dictation. It, mm-hmm. It's a toggle then. You can switch it on and off. Yep. And as you've said to us, Windows and Spacebar first to make sure our language is set to English. Yeah, US. actually, let me set it back. <laughs> I've pressed space, sp- space twice, actually. Hold mm-hmm. down Windows and press space twice. Sorry, that's not in my email, guys. So. Desktop one, English. United Kingdom. That'll do. Document okay, that and then you just press enter when you want to change it, is that it? Um, actually, um, what did I do? Let's see. I press Windows Space. Oh, I just keep pressing Space. Okay, so that you get the one you want. Yeah, okay. and then let go, and it sticks ah. on it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, uh, two really good shortcut keys mm-hmm. there, Windows G and H. Uh, Sharon, we're looking forward to talking to you in July oh, gosh. when we'll be talking about Windows I and J. Uh, until then, though, thanks a million and have a good month. You too. I'm back out in the garden now. Now, for as long as there's been touchscreen technology, entering text on those touchscreens has been problematic for some of us. And I would throw my own hands up and say that I found it one of the hardest things to do when I graduated from my Nokia to my iPhone. Sending that text message, those first few texts, took hours for me. And when I got a Bluetooth keyboard and then later on a Braille display, I kind of never looked back. But you don't have to have a Bluetooth keyboard or Braille display. And way back in 2012, an app hit the app store that everybody was talking about at the time, including Kerry Doyle, who talked on our podcast called Flexi. And then we had Flexi VO, which was the uh, specially uh, created voiceover version. And then it kind of went away. But it's kind of come back in a different app called FlickType. And here to tell us all about it is Dave Nason, friend of the podcast, and now indeed an Apple Viz podcaster. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Stuart. And congratulations. So you're, you're now part of the Apple Viz editorial and podcast team. I am, yeah. It uh, since last summer, um, they put out a call, and I threw my hat in the ring, and for some reason they decided to take me on. So, yeah, delighted to be doing it, and I've done a couple of podcasts on my own this year for the first time, which has been really fun. I've been listening to your uh, podcasts, and they're really good. Where can people find you? Give a do a bit of sh- shame, shameless self promotion there. <laughs> Uh, well, the website really is it's appleviz.com. Uh, that's the place to go. Uh, there's also a podcast feed. So if you look in iTunes or Downcast or wherever you get your podcasts for AppleViz, you'll find the, the podcast feed. And my particular ones are called AppleViz Extra. They're my uh, set of podcasts, I suppose, where we do kind of interviews with maybe developers or when there's, you know, when WWDC happens uh, in June, you can expect there to be uh, a special on um on that event yeah absolutely it's uh, something i'll be tuning into because apparently rumors of new iphones before september which is uh, kind of exciting um okay dave let's go back pre-flexi pre-2012 when you would have had an iphone was was text entry on a touchscreen for you uh, someone using voiceover and i think low vision was that difficult very yeah it was you know, when you were so used to, you mentioned the Nokia phones and you were just click, 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 click. And, you you know, it was a completely tactile thing. And now suddenly you had to be kind of sliding around this piece of glass looking for the letter you wanted. And to begin with, it was find the letter, double tap, find the letter, double tap, incredibly slow. I'm pretty sure it was you told me about the touch typing mode that uh, Apple introduced. Right. Okay. Later, and and later, uh, uh, yeah. 
your finger when you got to the letter you want, but still. And and I know I remember writing like a, a text message, even with that single tap uh, touch typing thing and think, oh, this is incredible. There's got to be an easier way, you know. So I think everybody was a little bit um, frustrated about that. I remember hearing about Flexi before it it came to the App Store. They were looking for beta testers. And I remember listening to a podcast. It might have been the Zero Talk podcast. And someone said, uh, this might go either way. It's probably going to be a fly-by-night. But it really was, when it happened, it really was great, wasn't it? It was, and it absolutely exploded. Like, I remember, like you say, other podcasts and things like AppleViz just going absolutely nuts for this uh, app um, that just changed how we could type you know what I mean? For to just make it so much faster, so much easier, just by taking a slightly different approach to it, um, and it was designed with blind and low vision users in mind. So it really kind of worked towards how we want to use the device. Right, and it was really all about approximation, wasn't it? Kind of working out where your fingers are and trying to predict based on your patterns the words you were writing. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you could type, um, I don't know, the letters N, S, M, S, N, S, <laughs> and it would know that pattern is the word banana <laughs> because you're, <laughs> the lines, are the, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you're, you're actually missing all the letters, but the pattern very clearly is the word banana. Like that's the example that the developer gave. Uh, before and it's it's dead right you know what I mean so that's how it works it it's not so worried about exactly what letter or what your key you're typing it's what pattern you're typing that matches a word in its dictionary it's an amazing algorithm and and, and I remember talking to people who were saying things like I can use my phone in the street now I'm standing there fl- flicking through flexi it was all brilliant and yeah. it it was all brilliant for a while there was some big updates they were doing all sorts of cool things what what happened? Because I suppose maybe a year, year and a half later, things started to change a little bit, did they? Yeah, they started getting kind of investments, um, you know, venture capitalists and things coming in. And they had to, the the market that they had with blind and low vision users, I guess, and the price that they were charging, they just couldn't sustain it, you know, and, you know, give, you know, give a return to those investors without going mainstream. So they decided let's expand this out to everybody, to sighted typers as well. And, you know, they genuinely thought this was possible and could be done successfully. Um, And unfortunately they ran into some technical problems really with keeping it working the way we want to type and the way a sighted user wants to type and making it work for all of us. And it just sort of didn't. And they temporarily created an app called FlexiVO, which was, yeah, it was supposed to be a a kind of a temporary measure to keep us having the functionality of the original Flexi app while they continued to develop the main app. And then they would bring us back in, so to speak. But I guess they just never quite managed to uh, to get that to where they wanted. And it kind of just fell away eventually. And Flexi still exists and is still somewhat usable and somewhat accessible to us. But I've never found it to be to be a great experience since it went mainstream. I can kind of understand that whole, I suppose, well, probably a huge issue for those guys trying to create a keyboard that's visually attractive and efficient and slick and cool for sighted people. And at the same time, something that we as blind and low vision users could use. It sounds to me a virtually impossible thing to do, actually. Yeah, and he said, when I spoke to Costa, the developer, he said, really the big challenge was we want 
our taps to be corrected. So, you you know, we could you type a pattern and it gives you the letters. The sighted users have more of an expectation of the letter they type. When they've hit the letter that they wanted to hit, they don't expect the computer to come in and change it on them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of suiting the typing style of a sighted user and a non-sighted user turned out to be more challenging than probably they expected even themselves. Um, yeah. So Flexi is still there, as you said, um, not really, I mean, you said maybe kind of usable, but not maybe with any degree of efficiency for, for visually impaired people. So the original developer, Costa, he, he kind of, he went off and did something about this, right? Yeah, so the Flexi company were bought uh, by Pinterest a couple of years ago, and the whole team moved over to Pinterest, but they made the the code for the app uh, open source, which meant a couple of years later, uh, just last year, Costa left Pinterest and himself and his wife decided, you know what, we really loved working on that app back when it launched. We really loved the difference it made to this set of users and the the engagement they had with our community when they first launched it. And they wanted to do it again. They wanted to bring it back and this time keep the focus on blind and low vision users. So this time there's absolutely no plan to ever go mainstream with it. This is a this is an app for us as uh, voiceover users or as blind and low vision users. So this is the this is the flick type app. And there's been there's been lots of stuff on social media about this, hasn't there, since they kind of launched this? There has, yeah, and they've been very kind of engaging. They've been on kind of websites and been on loads of podcasts. You can get them on Twitter. They're very much open to to talking to us and to getting our opinions and what we liked in the app, what we'd like added to the app. So, you know, the original one as well, the thing to remember is back in 2012, there was no third-party keyboards as such in iOS. So mm-hmm. this was a separate, distinct app. You'd go into the app, type your message out or your email, and then copy you know, when you leave the app, you could set it to automatically copy to the pasteboard and then you go back to your other app, your mail or whatever, and um, paste it in. And especially for long form stuff, that's it's really, really good. Um, and that's what the flick type app as it stands is now. And that's what they've kind of committed to keeping that in the app store for free for everybody. So in terms of going to a third party keyboard, that's another, or, you know, as in, you know, a system-wide keyboard, that's a development that's going to come down the road then. And, and that's a that's probably a good point, because when Flexi launched, it, it was, uh, I don't know, was it was it 20 or 30 euros at the time? And then it kind of dropped in price, didn't it? Um, yeah, my, my memory is maybe 15 or 20, but yeah. yeah, something along those lines. And then it ended up, eventually, I think it ended up being free. Being free, <laughs> that's right, yeah. I, I remember there was some special, I, I got it for about a fiver, but I wasn't using it very heavily. Um, when you when you open FlickType then, is it kind of reminiscent of, of what you had in the old, the good old days of 2012 with Flexi? Yeah, it even it even pretty much looks the same. You've got, uh, for those who can, can see to some extent, there's, you know, the keyboard is black with uh, white letters, you know, and above that you've got white space where the, you see the text kind of being written. So it looks the same, it feels the same, it's the same gestures. So it is uh, that free app that's in the App Store now, it's, it's very much reminiscent and almost identical to Flexi VO, um, which was, you know, a very good, successful app at the time. And similar experience then, um, the approximation technology is there. You you type your message. Can you, because at the time you mentioned, you know, copy it to the clipboard and you go off to whatever app you want to paste it into. Yep. 
is there other things you can do? Can you sort of open other apps? Because I know with thinking later versions of Flex, you could open the message app directly or open the mail app, like, you know, send yeah, a there's message. Yeah, if you open the sort of the menu, there's a share mm. button and you can go and use that kind of share sheet to go to whatever other app you want to use it in. Um, how, how does it work for things like, you know, adding, I guess, I don't know, your surname, Nathan, mightn't have been in the app by default. I don't think mine, my surname might be either. Can you add things to the dictionary? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lovely kind of way of doing that. So while you're t- typing, you're not kind of stopping to hear what letter you're typing generally. You're just going tap, 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 tap. But if you want to enter something manually like that, I will, you just put your finger down on the keyboard and, and leave it there and then move around and use it just the same way you'd use touch typing. So it just sort of switches into that mode automatically when, if you just tap and hold and just manually enter the word you want and flick right, which is how you do a space in, there's no space bar or return key or anything in flick, in uh, flick type as well, as should be mentioned. So you would flick right, it would say Nason, and then if I want to add it to my dictionary, I swipe up and that adds it to my dictionary. Excellent. How are things like punctuation handled? Um, again, so you have a couple of options. You have a kind of a row of punctuation along the top. So again, if you tap and hold to go into that kind of manual letter entry mode, an extra row appears above the top row on the normal top row on the keyboard where you have a series of extra punctuation or a number and numbers and that kind of thing where you can add them in manually. But in addition, for things like full stops and commas and question marks, that kind of more common stuff, you swipe right at the end of a word. If you swipe right a second time, it converts that into a full stop. Excellent. And then if you want that to turn into a comma, you swipe down. If you want to do a question mark, you swipe down again. Until you hear the punctuation mark that you want. Yeah. Okay. So it's all, it's all gestures pretty much. So, and that's one of my favorite things about the keyboard is that, you know, I'm on the, I'm a, I would consider myself a relatively good typer on the standard iOS keyboard with touch typing. But I'm always accidentally hitting the space instead of a C or a V, or I'm accidentally hitting the shift instead of a Z or an A or that kind of thing, you know. Um, and it, it's really irritating. Or deleting a letter when I meant to type an M, you know, this kind of stuff. And you don't have any of that with flip type because those keys don't exist. It's all gesture based. So you swipe left to delete. You swipe right to go, you know, to complete the word mm. and put the space in. I, I, I often wondered, and I know it's slightly different, but there are similarities. I often wondered where Apple trying to trying to mirror some of Flexi's features. Was it a year or two ago they introduced this uh, direct touch typing? Which, yeah, I kind of wondered that myself. Um, or always kind of wondered, would Apple ever just buy this technology? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, them, and just know? integrate it. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, so it, it, it's in the App Store right now. I, I'm assuming, and I know you've been talking to the developer and you're kind of in touch with these guys, updates are going to come pretty fast with this thing. They will. So at the moment, uh, like I'm lucky enough to be on the on the beta program and I think they're, may, I'm not sure if they're still accepting people onto that, but they may be. We can come back to that. But um, at the moment, yeah, it's that, flick type app that's a unique app that you you know you open and you type your message and you copy and paste it or what have you that's free in the app store now um and if you remember flexi vo or the original flexi app it's essentially like that that's free in the app store now and their plan is to keep it that way to keep it free um for everybody going forward what is likely to be coming down the line is and i you know like i say i've i'm testing it at the moment amongst a few other people mm. um is that kind of system-wide keyboard so you don't have to go into a separate app you can just be in messages with whatsapp or email and just 
bring up the FlickTile keyboard within that uh, app, and that will come down the line. Um, and that's what they're really working a lot on at the moment. And, and, and I suppose, as you said, this is the big difference from as you, back in 2012. That just wasn't allowed by Apple. Yeah, they just didn't just didn't exist yet at that point. So um, I think this is really exciting. Look, I'm I'm using it. It's my primary keyboard now. You know, wherever I am, whether whatever okay. app I'm in. So um, I'm very conscious that uh, Dave, you and I are, and lots of us are using Apple products. But there will be Android people listening. Do you know if they have any plans for Android? There have been. There's been no mention of uh, of plans for Android. <laughs> okay. I'm I think All it's right. a, it's a whole other system to for them to get their head around. Okay, and, and in fairness, they are starting with iPhone. Mm. I suppose iOS is the is the, the maybe the system they've been comfortable working yeah, in. Exactly. Um, and in terms of like you know, like I say, the main app will be free. They haven't decided yet how they're going to to monetize the um, those kind of extras like the system wide keyboard and stuff like that. Obviously, these they're. They're a husband and wife team that are, you know, working. I can't tell you how many, like, it's not unusual to get two beta builds in 24 hours. It's, they're putting a lot of work in and they have to put bread on the table eventually, I guess. So there probably will be some sort of a fee, but again, they've said their real aim is to make sure it's a a lot more affordable than it was back in 2012, (laughs) 2012, you know what I mean? And they really want to make it a sustainable for, for users. And, and, you know, it does sound that they really want to do this for the community. I'm sure people would be very happy to pay a few quid to have a system-wide keyboard that they could use at any time. Yeah, well, I, I certainly would. Like, I think, and the, the great thing is you can go in, you can get the, the main app for free and you can try it out. And then if it does, you know, like I say, we're only speculating at this point, you know what I mean? So if it does turn out that there is some cost for those extra features, you know, it'll be up to you whether, you know, whether you think it's worth it or not. I think it will be. <laughs> Okay, it's in the App Store. It's called Flick Type, and that's all one word, isn't it? Yep. Okay, Flick Type in the App Store, free app at the moment, and we'll put a link uh, to the app on the show notes uh, for this podcast. Uh, Dave, as always, it's great to have you, and thanks for the update, and uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Great stuff. Thanks, Master. Well, you are listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for June 2018. I feel rather summery because it's definitely the nicest day of the year and I'm standing outside NCBI's main office. Hear a bit of music in the background because we are at our open day. If you remember on our May edition, we spoke to Roisin Maxwell about our open day. Well, we're here and I'm with Amy Hines Fitzpatrick, our corporate engagement executive. Amy, welcome back. Thank you very much, Stuart. Always nice to have you back. And speaking of corporate engagement, I suppose it's all about linking with corporates. And we've been delighted over the last year and a half or so to have Fuji as our charity partner and Cormac Todd from Fujitsu joins us. Cormac, welcome. Good afternoon, Stuart. How are you getting on? I'm very well. Great to have you. Thank you for Great. giving well, up your Saturday coming in to see us. Um, because I suppose you're a tech company. This is a tech podcast. We waffle about technology every month. So I thought to ease my waffle, we'd bring you on to talk a little bit about technology. Um, but maybe before we do that, Amy, the, this, this Fujitsu partnership, how did it happen from, from NCBI's perspective? Um, Fujitsu are new to Charity of the Year partnerships, so they had a really great, like, accessible process for us. So it was a case of putting in a written application and a pitch presentation, and we were delighted then to win the staff vote, which was amazing. I think the magic of the Fujitsu and NCBI partnership is that it's really all centred around increasing the, the employment rates for people with sight loss across Ireland. So we're working across every department in Fujitsu 
and every department inside an NCBI, everyone's really engaged in this and it's a really high impact partnership. Yeah, there's been some amazing stuff done around the employment end. You, you mentioned employment there. For example, our, our pre-employment program, I know Fujitsu have helped out around um, doing things like CV prep and mock interviews, haven't they? They have. So they've no, run a number of workshops with, which have been absolutely amazing. So we ran, I think, three in the last year. Um, and the great news that came out of those workshops is that four people actually gained employment. And to me, that's the magic of a really solid partnership for someone to develop the skills that they need for, their, for the rest their lives to be economically empowered. Okay, so Cormac, you obviously are one of the key people in Fujitsu who've been getting involved in this gig. Okay. What what kind of, when you heard this charity of the year idea, were you, were you excited? Had you ever heard of NCBI actually, first of all? Um, so yeah, I actually heard of them. They've got quite national coverage. I think at the minute they've got a lot of shops around the store, so growing up I would have kind of been aware of their brand presence. Mm. Um, but probably somebody that was never like in direct contact with that charity I wasn't I, I wasn't aware of like, the monumental amount of work they actually do so okay. it was a great insight when I started doing this role Okay so I have to say to you when I hear of Fujitsu I think years ago my, my friend had a Fujitsu computer and I know lots of people who have Fujitsu cameras sure. what, what do you guys do these days? So yeah the camera the camera thing is actually a different brand um, a very famous brand but a different brand all the same and I'm not going to mention it Okay, <laughs> but, okay. Um, Fair enough that's a, that's They're a, not our partners yeah, yet yeah. Exactly <laughs> No free advertising here um, yeah, so the it's true that Fujitsu do hardware, so they do like um, you know computers, laptops, stuff like that. But that's more in like mainland Europe. So in Ireland specifically, we do a lot of tech solutions. So say Wi-Fi or like digital and um, problem solving things like that. So for the corporate sector, is it you're, you're not dealing with end users, are you? Um, so it's B two B mostly. Okay, okay. So so what do you do in, in Fujitsu? So I'm the I work in corporate social responsibility and internal communications. Excellent. So I work on and develop numerous different charity relationships within organisations. So. I, I can imagine that when you are floating this idea to, to, to staff, and let's face it, we all are busier nowadays. People are working longer hours. Work-life balance is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. How do you get people engaged enough? Because people are going, yeah, Cormac, it's a great idea, NCBI, yeah, I'm sure they're great, but mm-hmm. I've, I'm still asked by my line managers to do a whole lot of work. I have six projects on the go. I've got three kids at home. I don't know if I'm going to find time to do this how do you how do you how do you get staff and how do you manage that expectation um, well regarding our recruitment process we tend to target people that have these community based values okay um, and then aside from that part of our corporate our corporate social responsibility strategy is to facilitate up to 7.5 hours worth of volunteering a year for each employee that would be on Fujitsu's payroll so it would be during the working week okay so they so, do in work time yeah they do okay. in work time okay. and then if they want to do additional stuff they're more than welcome and there's been some amazing stuff already and we've already talked about the, the, the job our pre-employment program I believe I only heard yesterday that a number of your colleagues read a, read a selection of audio stories in our library um, I think you've been getting involved in some of our um, our fundraising events as well yeah absolutely um, so we've actually superseded our fundraising year one fundraising target for this year so we moved on to our next one now yep it's so really exciting it's great, really exciting, exciting. Okay. Um, lots of great events coming up so yeah, so the Team Fujitsu are going to join us for the mini marathon as well in June, which is super exciting. Um, and they've just done a big volunteer drive as well in our way- warehouse for NCBI Retail, which is really exciting. Yeah, um, really, look, no one in Fujitsu is safe in this partnership. They're really highly engaged, which is great. Um, and they're all kind of chomping at the bit. The great thing about the 
audio publications is that we now have two new selection of short stories thanks to Fujitsu that are available to the 4,000 library members um, and again that's just something that really warms my heart I think it's really impactful Yeah it is and, and I know from speaking to the guys in the library and the studio they were saying they were hugely impressed at the, the confidence and the quality of the staff who were reading that they could read very confidently and read very well and had very good uh, very good projection which is really important when you're reading for an audio publication uh, Cormac we wanted to as well promote an event that you guys are doing on the 13th of June um, open mic I what, what just what is an open mic yeah so it's an open mic night so it's basically a gigging set where numerous different acts will get up on stage and perform for NCBI to raise funds okay. and as you said it's on June 13th so alright so, so, you, so sure is, this, is this the kind of thing where you know someone can come in with their guitar I remember Absolutely. I used to drink in a I think it's okay to say this I used to drink in a pub called Slattery's on Capel Street okay. years and years ago and they had something like that but they had a night for songwriters every Thursday night and these okay, guys cool. would come in and go upstairs um, with their guitars it's like at the Ruby session uh, yeah, 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 kind yeah. Of. There's some amazing stuff going on. Wow. So you're wanting to recreate a little bit of that magic, right? Yeah, a bit of intimacy, like a nice acoustic session, like get everyone like singing along, like just a bit of fun. Kind it's of, going to be amazing. Just a, bit, a nice summer okay. evening. Uh, Cormac, will you give us a preview to what you'll be uh, singing yeah, on the night? Leave your singer yourself, oh Cormac. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to be singing? Uh, we're singing two songs. Right. So one is a very famous song called With or Without You by okay. you two. Um, you can, by the way, you can probably only give us 15 seconds because oh, of copyright. Yeah, no, of course. The other one is uh, Liability by Lord. Okay, so so on the 13th of June, we have the open mic night. Cormac's going to be singing uh, with a group. He's going to be singing a song by you two, With or Without You. Yeah. And another great song as well. Um, Cormac, thanks for chatting to us. No it's been great. Uh, clearly a wonderful f- uh, partnership um, between um, Fujitsu and NCBI. And of course, Amy, thank you for for managing that and I suppose for bringing it to the space it is at right now. Thanks a million, Stuart. So guys, look forward to catching up with you again for the moment. Thanks, Emil. Cool, thanks so much. Bye. Now, that was Cormac from Fujitsu and we have moved inside the NCBI building to our training centre beside our piano because we've managed to persuade Cormac, who's here beside me again, hi Cormac, <laughs> to sing for the podcast. And we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to sing, I believe, the, the, the song that you're going to sing. It's called uh, Liability by Lord. Liability by um, Lord. We're going to be doing it at the open mic night on 13th of June. Okay, and this is a, a very, very quick taster of what this thing is going to sound like. Yeah. Okay, um, so come along to the open mic night on the 13th of June in the Grand Social, isn't that right? It is indeed, yeah. Okay, um, and this is Cormac with a quick snap with very um, questionable piano playing from, from me uh, with um, the Lourdes Song Library. Maybe really hurt me crying in the taxi. You don't want to know me, said he made a big mistake of dancing in my store. Said it was poison So I guess I go home Into the arms of the girl that I love Only love I've never screwed up She's so hard to please But she's a forest fire I do my best to meet her demands Play up romance, we slow dance In the living room But all that a stranger would see Is one girl swinging along Stroking a cheek Oh my.
Well, there you go. <laughs> what a nice way to uh, bring our podcast to a close. That was Cormac Todd. He has a great voice. And I have to say this, because I know Cormac's probably going to be listening. When you meet him, right, he's, he's one of these guys, and I didn't know that he was a singer when we started that interview. I, I knew he did a bit, because, you know, a lot of people, oh, you'll sing at an open mic night. Come on, you'll get up there. Um, so when, when Amy told me Cormac sings, I kind of thought, okay, so maybe just a bit like that. And then when he started singing, I mean, this guy's very good. He's participated in loads of musicals. And before we did that song, we did a couple of numbers from Jesus Christ Superstar, um, we did a few of the, you know, the big Lloyd Webber stuff. That guy can sing anything. It's it's absolutely amazing. And it was all very, uh, you know, um, improvised, I suppose. We sat down at the piano and then people started walking around going, oh, can you do this one? Um, so <laughs> it was all a bit bizarre. Cormac, thank you very much. Listen, what a, what a great way to uh, to finish up the podcast. Uh, Grand Social uh, is the venue. And the 13th of June, it's a Wednesday open mic night for NCBI. A great bit of crack and uh, I think people will no doubt uh, enjoy it. Now we're just about at the end. Before we do, a reminder about our competition again uh, in conjunction with our good friends Fujitsu. A 50 euro one for all gift voucher could be yours and we'll be announcing the winner on the July competition or on the July podcast even. All you've got to do is send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie or phone it in on 018821930. I listen to NCBI's technology podcast because dot 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 because I'm really hoping Stuart Lawler go, goes off it soon you know if you say that that's fine you can say whatever you want we'll enter you in and, and I think we'll ask because um, Amy won't be with us I think we'll, we we might ask maybe I don't know Chris White maybe to, to just judge these just to keep, take it out of my hands okay so say whatever you want be as as, as critical as you need uh, maybe we'll ask Chris would he uh, come on and help us judge this stuff okay that's just about it now in July, there's so much stuff waiting to go uh, that I promised you already. Dictation Bridge. Lucy, I promise you'll be on in July. Uh, some lovely recordings from a Spanish camp that we've done, all waiting in the can. And also in July, should you be using Internet Explorer anymore? We're going to talk all about that and the security implica- implic- implications. Until then, from Stuart Lawler, have a good month. Goodbye. Goodbye.